Welcome to the Lake Show Life Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your hosts, Jason Reed and Daniel Preciado. The Los Angeles Lakers won their first playoff series in eight years since the Kobe Bryant days, Daniel. You know what that deserves? A round of applause? Yes, it deserves a round of applause, but it also deserves a, a subscription to the Lake Show Life podcast. You like that little segue? Oh, beautiful. Um, Got to get the self-promotion out of the way early. Subscribe to Lake Show Life podcast wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Apple, uh, Spotify, Google Play. My podcasting uh, stand just came out of the table, so I'm kind of just holding my mic, Daniel. This is uh, improvisation at its finest. But uh, be sure to subscribe to us, leave us a review, and uh, maybe I'll be able to buy a new podcast stand because I think I just broke it, which uh, isn't good. <laughs> Uh-oh. Um, but what is good, the Lakers winning in five games. Uh, I would like to say you were correct before the series. We predicted how many games it would go. I predicted six. You predicted five. So I think I need to give you a little round of applause for uh, getting the correct answer on that one, Daniel. Thank you very much. I mean, oh, I fixed it. I don't know if you heard that, but I uh, went back in, so we're good. <laughs> Uh, you know, I thought my six game prediction, cause I predicted six games. I thought that was going to be money, man. I said it was going to be a six game, uh, series where the Lakers were always in control. Lakers were up three, one Blazers kind of had that chippy. Everyone's counting us out. Dame's out. You know what I mean? Kind of attitude to them. And that game was close. Game five was close. And I thought, I thought for a while there, I was like, the Blazers are really going to pull this out of, you know what, and force a game six. And I'm going to look like the genius, but unfortunately uh, it is you that looks like the genius right now, which I, I do not like, but I will give credit where credit is due. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. After they won game one, I was really expecting to go six and for you to be correct. Um, I really thought they would win game five um, if Dame hadn't gone out. But, you know, Lakers in five ends up happening. They, they end up sw- with the gentleman sweep four games in a row. Beautiful. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, I say I thought, you know, the Blazers were going to be chippy, but – I still predicted the Lakers minus 11 because that was the spread in game five. Um, I had Lakers minus 11 in the over. You also had Lakers minus 11 in the over. We both hit the over, and we both did not hit Lakers minus 11. Lakers only won by nine. That's a that's a classic Jason close close spread. So uh, that moves our playoff record to I'm five and five, so I just want to put that out there. I'm 500. You're four and six, so you're a losing team. I just want to also throw oh, that out there. Man. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not a winner, but I'm also not a loser. So, <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, five and five is better than four and six. I'll give it to you. But I mean, I know there's someone you love on the Lakers um, that we should probably talk, go into depth about a little bit. It's not LeBron James. You know, it's not Anthony Davis. Uh, the discussion around the Lakers all season, really off season, heading into the season during the hiatus, even now in the playoffs, as we headed into the playoffs was, is Kyle Kuzma going to emerge as the third superstar? And we've seen flashes here and there. And I think the answer is no, Daniel, because I think the Lakers have a different third superstar. And it's the man, the myth, the legend, Alex Caruso, your favorite player, I think, of all time. Oh, yeah, he's definitely up there. I'm a bona fide Alex Caruso stand, as the listeners know. I love the way he stepped up this series. I thought he was he was really the X factor of the series. Um, he's the reason why it went only five games, I think. Uh, just his defense, you know, on the guards, McCollum and Lillard, the entire series, it was it was very, very impressive all the way through. 
Oh, yeah, and it's easy to look at, you know, the massive games from LeBron and AD. I mean, they obviously are the most influential. I mean, LeBron dropped, what, 36, uh, game 5, AD 43. You get a combined 80 points, you're going to win a lot of basketball games. But the things Caruso did on the defensive end, man, I mean, this was a Portland team that was red hot coming into the playoffs, and it was kind of like, you know, we previewed it before the series. It was like strength against weakness and then strength against weakness both sides. And the Lakers proved that their backcourt defense wasn't really a weakness, and that is because of Alex Caruso. Um, he emerged. He's getting you know the most minutes off the bench. Him and Kuzma uh, tied for Game Five. He's not scoring a lot, but he's bringing the basketball up the court more, which I really like to see. You know, he's facilitating a little bit more, just you know, kind of being that that ball handler. Um, four steals in Game Five. I think you had a crazy defensive rating stat to tell tell the listeners, but he's looking good, man. I love me some Alex Caruso right now. Yep, yep. I can give the stat. Yeah, what so, was it exactly? Um, among players in the NBA playoffs who have played five games. This year, correct? 20 minutes per game or more. And it's talking just um, this year, right? Like not every player ever yeah, got, just, gotcha. just the playoffs this year. Um, the first player on the list is Mr. Alex Caruso himself. The best defensive Really, rating. really impressive. He has the best defensive rating not at 90.9 so when he's on the floor uh you know defense is really really excellent they're 10 points above average or expected mm-hmm. uh really 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 impressive that you know he's kind of the guy that's leading the charge on defense i mean you got anthony davis who was the runner-up for defensive player of the year but you got to talk about the perimeter defense also and that's exactly what caruso brings to the table yeah absolutely and you mentioned ad I mean, his defense is important, obviously. They did a really good shot, job of shutting down uh, Joseph Nurkic and Hassan Whiteside, which really isn't much, but they did a good job in that. And moving forward in the playoffs, it's almost like, obviously, AD's defense is important. It's always going to be a factor, and it's always going to be a big thing for the team, but it's that Caruso defense is more important. Um, you know, heading into round two, which we'll preview here in a second, that's kind of our main talking point of the episode. The Whichever team they play, Caruso's defense is going to be more important. And then moving on from that, assuming the Lakers play the Clippers, even if there's a, a shock in the Nuggets or the Jazz make it, all three of those teams, you need Caruso to guard someone. You know, you need Caruso to guard Kawhi or Paul George or if an upset happens, someone like Jamal Murray or Donovan Mitchell. Um, it's almost like ADs doesn't become the most important defender unless they play the Bucks, and, you know, you have him to kind of slow Giannis down. Uh, and then even if, you know, the Bucks get upset, let's say we see the Celtics, you know, you, again, Caruso is going to be huge in stopping the wings. Um, any team really, it just, it's crazy to think, you know, as much of a meme as he is, but a year ago today, if you would have told me that Alex Caruso is legitimately the third most important player on the Los Angeles Lakers, and it's like a good thing, I would have called you crazy, but I'm, I'm happy to see it and I'm here to see it. It's a great thing. Yeah, absolutely. I love stories like Caruso. I think that's part of the reason why I love him so much. You know, you're not expecting him to go out every night and do as well as he does. I mean, let's face it, like just the way he looks. And I think that's why a lot of people underrate him. Yeah, uh, he doesn't look like an NBA basketball player. You know, you see him on the street. Sure, he's, he's six four, six five, however tall he is. Um, but you wouldn't think he is an NBA basketball player and playing alongside LeBron James and Anthony Davis on you know, a potentially title-winning Los Angeles Lakers team. Uh, really, really awesome to see. And and hand up, you know, I, we talked about this. This was weeks and weeks ago before the Lake Show podcast, uh, Lake Show Life podcast was even, you know, in development. Uh, I told you I was concerned about the Lakers-Clippers matchup in the Western Conference Finals because, you know, with no Avery Bradley, 
I didn't know how the Lakers were going to guard both Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Um, but Paul George kind of guards himself in a sense. But <laughs> um, <laughs> And you told me, you said Alex Crusoe. I'm not worried at all. Alex Crusoe is going to, you know, do a great job on either Kawhi or Paul George. And I was like, yeah, you know, we'll see how much he plays. We'll see, you know. And sh- shoot, I was wrong, man. I mean, I really think he is an impact defender. And obviously Kawhi is Kawhi. He's going to get his 30 a night. But to have someone like Caruso that can kind of be a little pesk, be like uh, like the the Patrick Beverly, but reversed, the Lakers version of that, Like I think that's huge, and that's going to be huge moving forward. So hand up, I was wrong. Yep, yep. I, You know what I think the good thing about Caruso going forward is that he really has the ability to guard three positions, um, which will help with a team like the Rockets, you know, who have pretty much three players in their starting lineup that are, you know, guards i mean eric yeah. gordon's a guard he starts at small forward james harden's a guard russell westbrook's obviously the point guard um so he can pretty much be flexible in his switches on on the court and you know his intelligence defensively is going to go a long way if the lakers do happen to play the rockets in the next series um and i mean the thunder have their guys too they got sga and they got chris paul you know you're able to pretty much pick uh, yeah. who you want crew the garden yeah and it's funny you mentioned uh the Rockets pretty much have three guards. Uh, P.J. Tucker, who is pretty much kind of their center, uh, he's also had minutes in his NBA career at shooting guard. And uh, uh-huh. <laughs> Robert Covington, I mean, he's a, been a three his whole career, but he's not necessarily a big three. So it's it's really interesting. Uh, Caruso can literally guard all five starters on the Houston Rockets and I think do just fine, which is just crazy yeah, to think yeah. of. Um, but that kind of segues you know, into into our main talking point here. Right now, at the time of recording this, you know, the Rockets and the Thunder just wrapped up Game 6. Uh, the Thunder had a great win, tied the series three games apiece. They're going to go to Game 7. Uh, it kind of is, you know, who do we want to see them play? You know, you, at one hand, you have a kind of weird matchup situation with the, the Houston Rockets. But on the other hand, you kind of have a gritty Thunder team who's going to play you close and has veteran leadership in CP3. And it's really an interesting thing to break down. I wanted to get your take on who would you rather see the Lakers play in Round 2, the Houston Rockets or the Oklahoma City Thunder? I know we've talked about the fact that we want the Lakers to have the most, you know, strenuous pretty much road to the title. Yeah. Uh, just so we can, you know, shut up all the haters and stuff. But uh, <laughs> definitely would rather uh, see the OKC Thunder playing the Lakers on, uh, what will it be, Friday night? Um, their Game seven's Wednesday, so I believe so, yes. Yep, Friday night. So would much rather see the OKC Thunder. I think the matchup's a lot better. Um it's pretty much like playing the Blazers, but yeah. in a heightened sense. You know, Lillard and McCollum don't match up to the duo that Harden and Westbrook are. And we saw the way the Lakers did struggle early in the series with their uh, perimeter defense. And obviously, like we talked about, Caruso stepped up. Um, but that is a nightmare. You know, it really is for the Lakers because they're constructed so differently with the roster than the uh, than the Houston Rockets are. And, you know, that that's something that ties into the analytics Um that uh, Daryl Morey, the GM of the Rockets, kind of employs every day. Um, they run that small ball lineup out there with P.J. Tucker, who normally plays, you know, he's a three playing center, starting at yeah. center. They got Tyson Chandler getting minutes. They even have Jeff Green, who's a, a three-four type, playing five. Yeah. Um, it is. It's it's an interesting team. But the way the Thunder are constructed, I think, is a lot better for the Lakers. I mean, SGA is really good. Um 
but the Lakers do have their answers to him defensively. I think CP three, you know, uh, we have our answers from there and I don't think their defense is quite good enough to stop LeBron James and AD or contain them at least. Um, but they do have that grit and fire to them there. You know, they have that Cinderella story almost yeah. to them. Nobody expected the thunder to be pushing the Rockets to seven games, much less in the playoffs. This oh, season. absolutely. It's, yeah. it's really, really cool to see a really, really good story, but you know, all good, all good stories have to come to an end, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we were talking about a Thunder team who, quite frankly, was in the contention, you know, for the number one overall pick. I mean, that was kind of worst case scenario, but the expected outcome was, you know, Chris Paul would hopefully get flipped and, you know, they would kind of just take the year off and get a pick and, you know, bank on all their assets from the Paul George trade and then hopefully flip Chris Paul. But it's been the complete opposite. Um, about this matchup, so this is interesting. I feel like with the Houston Rockets, and this is this is again, this is interesting. I feel like I could see a series between the Lakers and the Houston Rockets where it is much easier than a series against the Oklahoma City Thunder. But that is not a guarantee because the Rockets are a team that live and die by the three point ball, uh, as we've seen in the past play, past playoff series against the Warriors. You know, if they're not shooting on a on a night, uh, they're in trouble. So. I think there's a chance where the Lakers play the Rockets and the Rockets are just cold and the Lakers are just a better team and they dominate them in the paint and they use their size and they, they sweep them. You know, we see it with Portland. We see it in the Portland series. Lakers lost game one. They rebounded and, you know, they blew them out two of their four wins. On the other hand, though, there's the possibility that they aren't ice cold from three. Uh, they steal a few games. It's a matchup nightmare. So it's kind of like I, it's either going to be a really competitive series or it's going to be a completely Lakers one-way series. I don't really see this kind of gritty, you know, back and forth. It takes Lakers six games and every game is close. It really feels like whoever wins, it's going to be a blowout either way. Whereas the Thunder, you know, I don't give the Thunder a chance to beat the Lakers. I think the Rockets have a very, very minimal chance. But I feel like the Thunder are a team that are going to play the Lakers close and might make them sweat a little bit and might make them try a little bit harder. And that's just because of the veteran leadership, you know, from Chris Paul, Stephen Adams, Danilo Gallinari, all of them. Um, but I just don't think they have the overall talent to compete with the Lakers. You know what I mean? I mean, CP3 yeah. and, and Shy is great, but I I can see them maybe winning one game. And I think the games are a lot closer in that series, but... I also would rather see the Oklahoma City Thunder, but it is interesting because I can see a path where the Lakers play the Rockets and it just is a total, you know, outclassing by the Los Angeles Lakers. So that's what makes it so interesting. This is such an interesting second round for the team. Yeah. I have a stat for you, you know, just looking at the stats here on uh, NBA.com. Give it to me. So the Houston Rockets currently have the best defensive rating in the playoffs so far. Um Wow. Not by a wide margin. Them and the Celtics are pretty good. The Lakers are right behind them. Uh, but they do have the best. But what's interesting to me is that we talk about this offensive dynamo that the Houston Rockets have. They have one of the worst offensive ratings in the, le- in the league so far in the playoffs. Uh, they're 10th in the playoffs still. The Thunder are actually last in that category. But what's weird, so 16 playoff teams, the Houston Rockets are 10. The teams 11 through 15 are the Sixers, Blazers, Pacers, Nets, and Magic, all teams that have been knocked out. Okay. Yeah. So to me, you know, that's saying that the Rockets and the Thunder really haven't found their offensive groove yet, and you're hoping that they really don't find it if they play the Lakers, especially if the Rockets are playing stalwart defense like they have been. Yeah, and I mean, you know, part of that might be for Houston is not having Westbrook for most of the series. They just recently got him back. 
Uh, although he did not look great in game six at all, especially in crunch time. I saw some tweets. The joke was this was the best uh, playoff game Westbrook has ever had for the Oklahoma City Thunder, and he's a member of the Houston Rockets. Um, but obviously not having him is going to hurt that. But, yeah, man, it's interesting. I think, again, the Lakers are a great defensive team, so you are you do not want to be a team that is struggling offensively and has to get through this seven-game series and then also have to find your offense the next round against a team like the Lakers. And it's almost like, you know, we looked at it before the season or before the playoffs, I should say. It was like the Lakers had this death, you know, this death route. They had to go through the Blazers and then potentially the Rockets and the Clippers and the Bucks. you know. I've t- I've said that so many times, but maybe the Clippers are the team that end up with the harder second-round matchup. I mean, I know the Jazz, you know, I've said they're a terrible matchup for the Lakers, but I, I like the Nuggets. I know they went down 3-1. They tied it 3-3. I think Jamal Murray is someone who could take over a playoff series and, you know, swing some games really kind of like Luca did against the Clippers. And maybe we see a situation where whether it's the Rockets or the Thunder, the Lakers take care of it in four or five. And then we see the Clippers once again, going to six or seven, which that's kind of the ideal situation. But through the first round of the playoffs, I almost feel better about almost playing the Rockets or the Thunder than I do the jazz. You know, I mean the jazz, I still think the jazz are not good against the Lakers, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just hyping the Lakers up a little bit too much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I still think the Lakers are bona fide the best team in the West. Um, you know, just seeing the Clippers get pushed around a little bit by the Dallas Mavericks and, you know, Kawhi doing his thing and not really getting support from Paul George at times. Um, the bench, I think it really has been overplayed for the Clippers. I think it's been underplayed just as much for the Lakers as it has been overplayed for the Clippers. Yeah. Um, I think their benches are just as deep, just as good as one another. And, uh, you know, hopefully it does come to that time where the Lakers do play the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals because I know we both want that. Yeah, I do. That series that series is going to be so great. Um, obviously, you know, if the Lakers lose, it won't be as great. But it, it, it is nice. You know, we're both Dodger fans, so we, we relate to this in baseball for our baseball fans out there. It's almost like the Dodgers and the Padres. Kind of the Angels, but the Angels have been so bad now. Sorry if you're any Angel fans who are also Laker fans, but... It's kind of like the Dodgers and Padres, where the Padres are always viewed as that little brother, and they're finally getting good this year. This is relevant with the trade deadline. And it just feels good for the Dodgers to just be like, nah, we're still the better team. And that's kind of, even though the Lakers have been really bad the last few years, you know, the Lakers, it's still Los Angeles' Lakers town. So it'd be nice to kind of go to the Western Conference Finals, especially if it was like a sweep, like no controversy whatsoever. Um, I would just love to see Clippers Twitter after that because uh, they demolished me before the season when I said the Lakers were just as deep. I wrote an article on a... LA Sports Hub before I was on Lake Show Life, and I did not get favorable responses. But I could always go back to it and be like, "Hey, look, told you so." Alex Caruso, a lot better than people think. <laughs> yep, yep. Slap it right in their face. Um, but the Clippers, you know, they did get past the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, that series, it was fun. The Luca thing is kind of the highlight, but the Mavericks failed to kind of capture the momentum from that and carry it on. Uh, Kawhi did what he had to do, and he took over. You know. Kawhi pretty much won that series. I know Playoff P had a good Game 5, um, but it was Kawhi Leonard who won that series. As for the rest of the series, I think the only... So we have the Nuggets, Jazz, and the Rockets, Thunder are the only first-round series still going on. Predictions, I think... I really think the Nuggets are going to get it done, man. I really do. I like them a lot more than the Jazz. Uh, I know they were down 3-1. It's hard to win three playoff games in a row, but Jamal Murray is on fire. You got Jokic. I just... I don't... The Jazz. I don't know. It's something about the Jazz. Maybe it's because they're only four letters. I just don't think they're that great. <laughs> what a small <laughs> yeah, brain argument. Better. What were you going to say? Go ahead. 
I, I just what a small brain argument by me to say the Jazz are not a good team because they only have four letters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the Jazz are just you know they're a little bit more boring than the, than the Nuggets are. Yeah, like watching Nikola Jokic go out there every night is really 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 fun. Yeah, uh, Jamal Murray's been lighting it up. Donovan Mitchell, on the other hand, has been doing really really well for himself too. I think the Jazz are a more boring team. But I think the Nuggets are the better team just overall anyways. Yeah. Um, but I definitely see Game 7 being a hard-fought battle between the two. I mean, the series has been absolutely great. I think it could really be called the best series in the, in the NBA so far. Oh, absolutely. Even though it's not as flashy, you know, you don't have the superstar power that the uh, maybe the Rockets and the Thunder bring to the table. But, you know, Nuggets-Jazz series has been absolutely great. Nuggets coming back from 3-1. I, I mean, I was so serious about the Nuggets that I was looking at the series odds when they were down 3-1. I didn't pull the trigger. I should have. Uh, I, I like them going into Game 7. I think they have the momentum. Momentum is real in sports. And I just think they're the better team. Um, and then, obviously, the Rockets' Thunder. I prefer the Thunder, but I, I, I just I can't pick. The Rockets are the more talented team. You know, I, I can't pick against the Rockets, unfortunately. I think they're going to take care of that in Game 7. Would you agree? Yeah, I think the Rockets are, and I'm somebody that actually bet before the series. I, you know, I looked at the series prices. I got the Thunder to win uh, the Rocket series. Oh, okay. At like plus 180 or plus 190 or something. I like the odds there. And the game, it's going to seven. The series is going to seven. So, I guess we'll have to see who comes out on top. I would love to, you know, win that bet and have the uh, the easier road for the <laughs> Lakers. And then uh, some second round matchups have gone underway on the Eastern Conference side of things. Celtics Raptors look I'm not going to overreact it's one game the Celtics did win by quick math 18 points uh the Raptors I see again I feel like you know we do talk about the Clippers quite a bit they're the Lakers biggest rival okay and I know Clippers fans listen to this you know you could just say rent free in our heads whatever I see a lot of like the Toronto Raptors uh like they're hating on the Raptors because people said the Raptors didn't need Kawhi to be a good basketball team. And they're like, this proves it. You know, the Raptors aren't good without Kawhi. It's like, well, yeah, obviously they're better with Kawhi, but they're still a really solid team. Um, I'm not going to overreact from this. I think the Raptors are good and they're going to push this series. I did like the Celtics going into it, though. I think the Celtics, if it's not going to be the Bucks in the East, I think it's going to be the Celtics. I think they're kind of like the Clippers light almost with their wings and their defense. And they're probably the best coached uh, Milwaukee's good coach i mean miami's a good coach team so is toronto i guess they're all good coach teams whatever uh yeah (laughs) but i don't know i just think they're the they're really deep i like their defense um again i kind of feel like they're clippers light so i think celtics are gonna get that done and then um heat bucks heat took away the game one victory today daniel you worried for the bucks at all i mean i don't know why you would be but if you were a bucks fan would you be worried no, nah, especially after seeing the Magic series where they dropped game one, you know they're going to come out with fire in the following four. Yeah. Um, I do think the Bucks ultimately take it, but I think it could go six or seven, the fact that the Heat won game one in such convincing fashion. Um, I'm going to go with that series, Bucks and six, and then with the Celtics and Raptors, I'm going to go Raptors and seven. I'm going to ride oh, the okay. Raptors train like I have been. I Yeah, I'd agree probably Bucks and six. And I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Celtics in seven. I think it it, it does go seven. I like the Celtics. Um, the Heat though, just people in my personal life, people I you know counter on Twitter, coworkers. There's a few people who like the Heat. Um, I have one you know family member that thinks the Heat are going to represent the East in the NBA Finals, and the argument kind of is you know they have their two All Stars, Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, 
they have some good shooters around them. You got Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson. Uh, Goran Dragic is still solid. Jay Crowder is a good 3 and D guy. Andre Iguodala is as experienced as it comes. We've seen what he could do in the playoffs. They kind of have all the pieces, and I think we've mentioned it on the podcast before. I think they're just like a year away, almost like they need a year to kind of mesh together, a year for Tyler and Duncan to get a little bit better, maybe add a piece in the offseason instead of Goran Dragic. I, I struggle with that name so bad. Um, just like Ambiguous, whatever that word is. Ambiguous. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, man. they're they're a sneaky team, dude. The Heat are a sneaky team for sure, but I think the Bucks are just too good. You got the best player in the league. I mean, sorry to LeBron, but I don't know. Oh no, I agree with you. I would like to Not see the Heat beat them though. Really. Makes the Lakers' life easier. Yeah, yeah. It would probably make it more likely if the Heat knock off the Bucks for a Lakers Celtics signature classic in in the NBA Finals this year. Which you know. If the Lakers get by the Clippers, as long as everything stays the same, like they're they're going to get past the Celtics. Like I said, I personally I feel like the Celtics are kind of like the B plus version of the Clippers, you know. So, I yeah, I mean the Bucks are a completely different matchup, you know, and you have to deal with Giannis. Whereas the Clippers, I feel like it would be a little bit better, a little bit easier. So that's kind of the ideal situation. But yeah, I think Bucks, I think the Celtics. You you got the um, the Raptors, and then. We got to wait and see with OKC Houston. That's going to be interesting. Um, we do have some former Laker news, though. Brandon Ingram won most improved player. That was announced today. Congratulations to BI. Uh, I mean, it's been fun. It's been fun to watch him on the Pelicans. The Pelicans have been a really fun team to watch all year. You know, Zion didn't play as much as we would have wanted, just as basketball fans. Um, one of my personal, no, I will say it. My favorite player in the NBA, sorry, Laker fans, Lonzo Ball. <laughs> God, Laker fans are going to kill me for that. <laughs> Look, man, he went to high school near me. We graduated the same year. It just felt like we had a little bit of connection, okay? Um, he, had his, he had his moments. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. Uh, Drew yeah. Holiday was solid, but Brandon Ingram, he was the main star of the Pelicans. You know, he really came and balled out. And I'm just happy to see him, you know, succeeding, even if it is away from the Lakers. Yeah, yeah. I was really excited to see Brandon Ingram kind of find his groove that I don't think he ever would have found playing alongside LeBron and, and uh, another star. Yeah, absolutely. Just say they would have gotten Paul George or something, and they, they kept uh, Brandon Ingram and Lonzo for the bird rights or whatever. Um, I, I really don't think that he would have become what he is on the Pelicans. You know, he's, he's that first option on the team. Um, even with Zion on the court, I feel like Ingram's just a better scorer, like better at creating his own shot. Yeah. Um, I think he's going to further develop. And I, you know what, this might be a hot take, but I really, really see Brandon Ingram developing into one of the top five players in the NBA one day. I mean, it's not crazy. He's only 22. Uh, he's actually, no, yeah, he's still 22. Oh, his birthday soon. This is released on September 1st. September 2nd is his birthday. Happy 23rd, early 23rd birthday, Brandon Ingram. Um, he's young, man. He's He's got plenty of time to convent, continue to develop. And this was kind of the important year, the first year away from the Lakers. Does he take that next step? Does he take that all-star step? And he did. And I, I, I agree with you. I can easily see him being a top five, top ten player. And, of course, you know, you're going to have your Laker fans who are upset that the Lakers dealt him. A, like you said, this wouldn't have happened alongside LeBron James. He would have been a solid role player, absolutely, but he would not have been what he is this year. And B, Brandon Ingram had to be in that Anthony Davis trade. That Anthony Davis trade does not happen around Brandon Ingram. Yeah, Alonzo was in it. Yeah, Josh Hart was in it. Yeah, picks were in it. Brandon Ingram was the center point. And, you know, so it, it is. it sucks to see it not happen on the Lakers, but, you know, the Lakers got their guy. 
you know, can't really complain too much. Yeah, yeah, I, I really think the AD trade is one of those things that was it was really good for both sides at the end of the day. Uh, the Pelicans have already built a really, really strong supporting cast around the young guys. Yeah, I think next year they're going to be a playoff team and they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. I don't know if they're going to be as good as the Lakers with uh, with LeBron and AD and on that level of uh, you know the elite teams as far as they go. Uh, but I think they are really, really going to make some noise in, in the 2020-2021 season. Um, yeah, who knows? Ingram might even take another step forward uh, because his potential is really just through the roof. It's It really comes down to that that three-pointer where he uh, he improved about 8%, I think, on the season. Yeah. Uh, got it up to near 39% or 40% or something, something really, really good for a 22-year-old. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they do have some things to figure out. Uh, Ingram is a restricted free agent this year, so... You know, they got to work some sort of new deal out. Luckily for the Pelicans, you know, just with everything going on and the salary cap going down and not that many suitors, they're probably going to keep them. Um, but they also, you know, there's Lonzo Ball trade rumors and whatnot. But either way, like you said, this is a, tr- a trade that was great for both sides. Down the line, you know, you might look at what the Pelicans got, especially because they flipped like the fourth overall pick and they have so many picks. And, you know, David Griffin did a great job of maximizing that return. You might look 15 years down the line and be like, oh, the Pelicans ended up getting this guy and this guy and this guy and this guy from this deal. You know, the Lakers just got AD. At the end of the day, the Lakers were in win-now mode. LeBron's not getting any younger. They needed a superstar now. And, you know, they're the title favorites for a reason. It's because of this trade. Yeah, in six years, the Pelicans might be a better team, depending how the Lakers play their cards. Not if they get Giannis with AD. Um, (laughs) But wouldn't that be a sight to see? Um, Oh, beautiful. I would love that. It was a great trade. You know, I don't care what the Pelicans get out of it. The Lakers are contending, and that's all that really matters. They maximized on LeBron's, you know, his current title window. So, no complaints, no matter what happens for the Pelicans. I wish the best for them. Yeah, absolutely. I think even if the Lakers win the title this year, everybody's just going to forget about it. They're going to say, oh, you know what? The Lakers gave up X, Y, and Z, but you know what? They won a title. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like those baseball trades, like like uh, they, the Cubs traded Glaber Torres for Oldis Chapman. Yeah. Like they won the title. Like you can look back and say, oh, well, they traded this guy away and this guy turned out to be a star. But at the end of the day, you know, they got what everybody wanted and what they wanted as an organization. They, they ended up getting the title. So we're hoping that the Lakers do pull it out this year or next. Uh, they're probably still going to have a similar core with everybody on two-year deals. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll be able to get another go at it uh, to see, you know, if the trade really was worth it at the end of the day. Yeah. Now, if, if the worst case scenario, we got to talk about that just a little bit. Oh, my voice cracked. You hear that? Um, yep. <laughs> uh, it's 2020, so anything can happen. You know, Lakers don't win the title. AD, for some reason, decides to leave, sign with his hometown Chicago Bulls or whatever he does. Then, hot take, I will say the Pelicans win the trade. <laughs> but I don't care if the Lakers win a title and AD leaves. I don't care. Lakers won the trade. They won a title. That's title number 17. That's what you're striving for at the end of the day. It's the Toronto Raptors. You know what I mean? They gave up stuff for, in you know, in hindsight, they didn't even give up that much. DeMar DeRozan's kind of fallen off. He doesn't really fit the modern NBA anymore, but you know, it was a one year risk. And at the time they got slammed for it, they won a title. Who cares? You know? So I think AD is going to stay. I don't think that's a matter of, you know, if he's going to stay. It's just a matter of when he signs his name on the dotted line. But I like this trade for both sides. Lonzo Ball, hope he is on a successful team wherever he is moving forward. <laughs> hey, like maybe he gets traded back to the Lakers. 
I'll take it. I think I've told you this before. I think Lonzo Ball's going to find his way into a Laker uniform. I know we, we said that Lovar Ball um, has said that his, the master plan is that Leangelo, Lomelo, and Lonzo <laughs> meet up on the Lakers one day. Uh, I don't know about Lomelo or Leangelo. I mean, Leangelo ever getting NBA minutes, but Lamelo being a lottery pick this year, that I don't know if that's ever going to happen. But I really, really see Lonzo coming back and bringing that good defense and passing with them. I, I feel like that's one of the things that the Lakers really missed this past season in the regular season and are kind of missing it now with Rondo being out. They don't really have that that secondary or tertiary uh, ball handler. Yeah, And that's what Lonzo does. You know, he, he spreads the floor. Um, the court vision's excellent. Like, he, I don't think his season was as bad as a lot of people are saying. I think it's just a more of a fit thing. I don't know if the Pelicans really uh, worked him in as good as they could. When you have Drew Holiday, who's arguably one of the best uh, defensive guards in the league, he, he's kind of taking minutes from Lonzo. They yeah. they're kind of built similarly. They're kind of you know, I don't know. I I really do see Lonzo coming back to Los Angeles one day though. Okay. Here's what we'll wrap the show up with. Laker fans, I want you to respond in the podcast reviews. But you got to leave a five-star review. You can't respond with a one-star review and then leave the response. Who's, oh, yeah, no, that's not fun. <laughs> who says no? All right, Daniel. Lonzo Ball for Kyle Kuzma. I don't even – okay, so before – I don't know if this works with contracts. I'm just, I'm just spitballing. This isn't an article. It's just spitballing. Lonzo Ball. And the package for the Pelicans would be Kyle Kuzma, Taylor Horton Tucker, 29th overall pick, which they technically cannot trade. Actually, it would probably work because to trade it, you have to trade it after they select the prospect. It'd be the thing where the, the guy gets picked and he wears his Lakers hat, you know, whatever. And then he's everyone knows he's a Pelicans. Kyle Kuzma, THT, 29th pick, and maybe remove a protection from a future pick for Lonzo Ball back in a Lakers jersey. Who says no, Daniel? The Lakers. I say no. <laughs> okay. I say no. Uh, don't don't evaluate. I want uh, the listeners to let us know who says no in the comments with a five star review. <laughs> um, yeah. You got anything else for us, Daniel? Uh, no. Just you know, hopefully there's a good outcome for the Lakers. Uh, I'm really hoping the Thunder take it in Game Seven. Uh, the yeah. next time you'll probably hear from us is after Game Seven is played. We'll know who the Lakers are playing on Friday. Um, yeah. As yeah. always, go Lakers. <laughs> We ballin' every day.